learn the most advanced recruiting techniques, land the most desirable talent, launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. How to treat people in the interview process. An interview is a two-way street, people. You need to sell the person as well as having them sell you. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to discuss and deconstruct insights from top performing entrepreneurs and industry experts. Every week, we uncover tested tactical solutions to solve your company's toughest hiring challenges. Today, we have a special guest. We have Deborah Cantor. She's the president of Cantor Sales Associates. Deborah has uh, mentored and trained countless sales professionals in her four-decade-long sales career path. She's also been a student of every aspect of sales cycle from prospecting to close and in building of trusted partnerships along the way. She has been a top performer in the staffing and real estate industries prior to her current coaching and training business. And beyond the sales skills necessary to open do doors, Deborah is passionate about knowing how to present value proposition and communicate the why. Deborah, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Good afternoon, Rick. Good afternoon. Nice to be sitting across from you with mics in our faces. I know, right? <laughs> All right. So um, I'm actually having a volume problem. So uh Let's see, we're going to cover three things today. We're going to kind of go over how to treat people in the interview process. We're going to do uh, talk a little bit about contact and feedback and then kind of what kind of results people can get. So let's, let's first start with, um, we had a conversation prior where we were talking about kind of the active job seeker and the passive job seeker. So let's define what that is and kind of talk a little bit about, um, you know, how that, how that correlates to what we're talking about today. Absolutely. So I think what you and I t chatted about, and, mm -hmm. and it's a point well taken, is that uh, people m misunderstand active and passive job seekers. Yeah. I happen to believe that everybody is a passive job seeker at all times, yeah. and, and, um, and it is in their best interest to be a passive job seeker at all times because you should always have your eye on your career. Sure. You should always be assessing it, determining whether or not you're in a space that's adding value to your trajectory, where, where it is you're trying to head and how you're going to get there. Yeah. From an HR and a hiring person's perspective, however, um, it's important to respect the active seeker who sometimes doesn't get as much respect. No, they don't as get they as should. much love, especially if they came from like a job board or they you know, reply to a posting. Right. Yeah. And and so one of the reasons, in, and you and I got into a, a great conversation about this recently, is one of the reasons it's so important to treat that active seeker with as much respect as the recruited um, candidate is because that active seeker may very well get the job. They may end up working for your company and and then you're going to have a very different relationship with them so yeah. um it's it's important to just treat first of all treat everybody with respect treat everybody with the level of respect you would want to be treated well, with. i think the challenge that comes in of first off getting the interview a lot of times i mean it takes forever sometimes for somebody who goes through a job board you know some companies are getting lots and lots of resumes but the fact is is that You've got to contact them. You have to Absolutely. talk to them, especially as recruiters or HR professionals. You never know what a 
who that person is. Behind you never, you never know. You never know who they're related to. You never know who they know. You never no. know whether or not it's a family member, which they didn't want to use that card, yeah. might in fact be a C-suite participant in your company. Yeah. Um, you you just simply don't know. And and I think also it's it's super important to to put yourself in the position of the job seeker. So I, I my one of my one of my very first companies that that I recruited for for many years in the Boston market, the owner of that company never advertised ever. And, yeah. and as a young recruiter, we would say, but everybody else is advertising. Why can't we advertise because of name? You know, we want name recognition. We want people coming to us. And he said, no, you don't. Because yeah. if you if you have people coming to you by the hundreds, you're you're going to have to take the time to respond to every single one of them. Absolutely. Otherwise, you're going to build a terrible reputation. You're going to yeah. be that recruiter that didn't respond to people. And, yeah. and people don't forget that. People no, never forget how you made them feel and how they were treated. Yeah. And, and the act of not calling them or not responding at all, even with a thank you, simple thank you, but you're not a fit right now. Absolutely. Um, Some acknowledgement that, that your paper or your, your, you know, your call was received. Yeah. So well, what are companies missing here? I mean, you know, you've got a flow of candidates. I mean, again, and most of these come from advertising, posting your, your, your job description or yeah. your, your job posting app. What are they missing? I so, think they're... so here's the thing. I think the thing that they're mostly missing is that they, they think that they have the ability to identify the best possible candidate out there by running these job boards. So now I'm going to make a plug for recruiters and, and for the yeah. staffing industry. And so I, I've always mm-hmm. believed that no matter how large of an ad response you get, you're only going to see the best of the of the people that responded first of all and that's or the a, ones who are actively looking the, and that are yeah. actively looking and and it takes a lot of time and man hours and effort to properly handle that which is to respond to every person to read through every resume that that, that has responded because you just you know if you stop it at the at the 100 at the 100th resume because yeah. as the person managing that process you just can't fathom reading another one 101 you, was probably your hire right yeah 101 was probably your hire yeah. and and that it, therefore you put yourself to begin with in a really tough situation where you're not doing yourself a service i am a golden rule person i i teach the golden rule i live by that golden rule which is treat others as you want to be treated if you were a candidate sure. responding on a job board you would want a response you would want to at least know your resume they got looked at you know what i found though too is that there's a lot of good people out there who write terrible resumes yeah right especially if somebody's been in a role for a long time they haven't looked i mean writing a resume is not something that's on the top of anybody's list right um we had a guest on a couple weeks ago he was talking about how he, he conducts what they call white space interviews on the resume yep so they're interviewing for the for everything that's not on the resume exactly and that's uh i think a brilliant way to look at it but here's the thing: you can't, you can't really judge a resume. You can't. But here's here's also the thing. But you can contact them. And, That's right. And, and and you look in other other spaces too, right? When when you and I grew up in the business many years ago, and I'm even older than you are by quite a bit. <laughs> uh, okay, fine, I put that out there. Um, back in that did my, not come for me, folks. My day back, you know, back a long time ago, there was not LinkedIn. 
there, there, which is such a beautiful tool. Oh, it yeah. is a beautiful tool. There is pretty much any anybody in in the you know and under the auspice of, of a professional out there and yeah. whatever in whatever that category, they're going to have a LinkedIn profile. So even if you know, I, I like to think of resumes as outlines. They're outlines. They're oh, going to yeah. give you a general idea. Go jump into that person's LinkedIn and take a look. But also, to your point. Look for what isn't there and what the story is, because yeah. what, what I tell candidates, so I coach, I coach individuals on how to bring their best game to the interview tables. That's one of the ways that I train and teach and coach. Yeah. And what I tell them is use your resume as an outline, but you need to fill in that beautiful story. You need to tell the story. Uh, well, but that's the challenge is actually getting to the point where they do or right. are able to tell right. the story. Uh, you know, I, I go to a lot of events like you do. And I'll have people that I'll meet, they'll say, oh, God, I've been looking for a job for a while. Mm -hmm. I've sent out over 100 resumes and I've gotten, oh, four interviews. Right. 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 So I, I, I think it's really kind of laziness on our part that we're not calling each person that we to, to really find out if there is anything there to bite on. Right. And I, th I think there's a lot of a lot of ways to do that. But here's the thing that that the human resources professionals will um, you know, hate me for saying, if you don't, as an HR rep, somebody who's managing the hiring process, if you don't have the courtesy to contact the candidates who took the time to forward their resumes in whatever manner, uh, if you don't do that, you're feeding the, the, the behavior of circumventing HR. Oh, yeah. and, and I have to be honest, anybody that I privately coach I coach to find the decision maker. <laughs> I, I coach them to circumvent Absolutely. that process. And, and it's, it, I don't mean to be disrespectful. However, we know for the most part that there's, there's a process that HR has, which is typically, now I'm not talking about everybody, but yeah. typically it is not to reach the candidates that they, they have already screened out by judging a book by its cover. And that, that gives an entire group of people. But in that group, the right person might be there. And, yeah. and my advice is going to be to those candidates to go find the decision maker, go reach out to that decision maker. This is where you and I are on the same page because I, I gave a talk at Disrupt HR a few weeks ago mm -hmm. and there was a panel afterwards and, and one of the questions that was posed was, okay, well, I've heard that, you know, I might be better off going to a decision maker than going through HR. I want to get long. an interview. And of course, there were some standard answers about, yeah, you know, you should trust HR and that they will do. Again, there's a lot of professionals that do do it, but everybody knows the most powerful way to get into a company is through an employee referral. Sure. Of so course. if you can somehow get to one of the decision makers and work your way from the top down, that's really going to be the best way, you know, and this doesn't help recruiters either because we want, you know, most recruiting firms want the paycheck off of it, but well, right, but the, the God's honest truth is you know this as well as I do. Yeah. We as recruiters know that the way to successfully fill those roles is going to be to start with the decision maker. Oh, the yeah, person absolutely. that the position reports to, yeah. that person's going to be able to better describe what they need, what they're looking for, who is going to be the most successful in that role over the long haul. Yeah. And and there's no problem in working with HR after the fact, but as a, as a process versus as the, as the, uh, the foot in, yeah. um, you know, so that's, it's a truth and we're, we're sharing the truth. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> so, you know, the question, which brings up the question. So why don't we give more feedback when people apply to an ad versus an employee referral? I mean, they should be treated the same way. 
Right. So why are we not doing that? I mean, there's. So you I mean, and I just had that. a great conversation earlier about time, yeah. right? And and that's always going to be the first the first answer. It's yeah. time. H- how do you fit everything that you need to do into a day? How do you make sure that you're getting it all done? And, Ooh, I have an idea for that. Actually, what is redo that? your job description to where you have a call to action at the end, so that you're getting a you're getting them the person to respond with some answer that gives you an insight as to who they are as a person. So give me an example of that. What does that look like? So, um, uh, yeah, one of the things that I teach is, is a call to action, right? So if somebody responds to your job post and you say, hey, look, at, we, we want you to answer these three questions. So you might ask a question like, what do you feel you're capable of achieving, right? So you want somebody to express something a little bit about themselves or what's the most significant impact that you've had in your mm-hmm. current work environment. So get an idea of how they answer. If somebody can answer it in a pretty well thought out kind of creative way, then that gives you a reason to call them. I love that. And people that. who don't respond back, you clearly put on the job description that you don't respond. Right. So, I love that. Yeah. And I love that question, right? I, I, I just thought of a great question I would want to be asked, which is, which is what, what would you want to be remembered for? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Right? Like, that's a cool question to oh, ask. Oh, there's so many good questions yeah. that are thought-provoking and it, you know, to give you an insight as to who that person is. Absolutely. That way you don't have to look at a resume. You can look at something that, that's something that's in their words that is their marketing piece. Well, and also look at look at the times we live in, right? Yeah. So I recently saw, and I'll have to forward it to you, and you could maybe put a link out there and forward it to your listeners. I saw such an impressive digital resume where it really brought you know, this individual alive in an entirely different format, um, gave you a sense of, of numbers over their career of how many people they managed in, in this flowing, moving, uh, digital resume. It was, Wait, are you talking about like a video type it, resume? It was kind of like huh. a video resume. It's like a link and you click on it and it, it tells a, a story, okay. right? Which is what we're talking about. Yeah of the person but they but they do it in you get to see a visual you get to physically see what that person looks like yeah um and don't we choose that when we're picking doctors these days right you go online and you look at the doctor before you choose them you kind of go okay this person looks like somebody i'd want to i'd want to interact with um and and then it 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 gives you um it basically gives you uh summaries of what this person's done, X number of years in total, this yeah. number of hundreds of people that they've managed over the course of these 30 years, if they're in sales, what their total sales volume has been over the course of their entire sales career, which puts uh, their information out in a very interesting, fruitful way that yeah. makes you want to ask questions. Well, you um, know, too, I, I think the other, the other piece of this is, let's throw it back on the job seeker. Mm-hmm. The job seeker should target what they want. Yep. and where they want to be. I've heard, uh, I read an article in a story, an article on uh, LinkedIn actually a few months ago where there was a girl, her dream was to work for Airbnb. Yep. So she created a project, built it out and sent it to the CEO of the company. Love right? It. And of course, now you're getting the traction at the top and they hired her. Absolutely. Right? So you can't do just a general job search. No. You should be doing a career search and targeting where you want to be, where you feel like it's going to be perfect place for you to thrive. Absolutely. And unfortunately, when you're when you're actively out there looking for a job, 
sometimes that doesn't come through. Well, because you just said the two two operative things. There's a very big difference, as we know, between looking for a job and managing your career yeah. and doing that in a proactive way versus a reactive way. And sometimes, yeah. unfortunately, people are put in reactive situations. Yeah. Um, but the advice, the best advice for any candidate that might be out there listening, and we're all candidates at one point or another, oh, yeah. we all are, is, is to manage your career proactively. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you're never... For the most part, you know, typically not not put in a reactive situation. I like to figure out a way to just abolish resumes anyway, because right. all they do is kind of set the stage for prejudging and bias, really. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Because um, there are people, I, throughout my career, I've had uh, managers complain, oh, this person looks like a job hopper. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, you know, there's legitimate reasons behind it. Not to, so, mention, not to mention that the the vast experience that they've had they've they've had they've had an opportunity to see a number of businesses and how those businesses run and see that's um, a spinner recruiter in you right <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it has the benefit of being the absolute truth yeah so very true right right all right so we're talking to Deborah Cantor president of Cantor Sales Associates we're going to take a quick break but when we come back we're going to talk a little bit about more about how to act as if you're the candidate and building the process for relationship building. We'll be right back. You're listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard, giving you access to recruiting techniques that will help you hire key talent to build your company towards real success. Rick is a recruiting executive and entrepreneur who's been successfully recruiting in the aggressive Silicon Valley technology landscape for the past two decades. After a very successful stint at Apogee, he founded Stride Search in 2012. Based on a lean efficiency model, Stride has uniquely positioned itself as a leader in retained search for the most critical talent hires within a small organization. Whether you're a startup executive or recruiting professional, by listening to Hire Power with Rick Gerard, you will walk away with skills to help you attract and hire great talent. Now back to Hire Power with Rick Gerard. Welcome back to the Hire Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. And today our guest is Deborah Cantor, the president of Cantor Sales Associates. She's a sales trainer extraordinaire and an ex-recruiting professional. So we just discussed kind of um, the, the first pieces of, of this puzzle here, what an active job seeker is and, and why we treat them differently. Now we're going to talk about kind of how we best process this relationship, this, this um, job seeker and, and employer relationship. So that everybody's happy when we get to the outcome, no matter what that outcome is. Yep. So you had a kind of a unique perspective on it. You said, act as if you're the candidate. Exactly. All right. Um, I, I just think that uh, it's imperative in any business, no matter what we're doing, and again, it's the core of what I teach, uh, is to build rapport and to build relationships and to treat people as you would want to be treated. And that means in an interview, having the compassion for for that person sitting on the other other sure. side of the desk or in the other chair and allowing them a comfortable space to really open up how many times you and I in our recruiting businesses have sent the right candidate out based on their background based on what it is they're looking for and what they could bring to that company and yeah. you really think to yourself oh this is going to be great and the person interviewing them took a um, took an approach that that was we're, we're going to find a reason not not to hire you they've got the 
reason not to hire you perspective. They've yeah. got that, that attitude where we're going to trip you up. We're going to ask you questions that are going to make you uncomfortable. We're going to disrupt you. And Which isn't bad if that's your environment, but for the most part, it doesn't make the person feel It doesn't great. make the person feel feel comfortable. And, and so what you end up with is a candidate who, who walks out saying, I, I blew it. I, I, I got but you know nervous. What the, you know what's funny? Those people are the ones I usually end up placing for some reason. The ones who come back and they say, it was great. It was an awesome interview. Yeah. I, I, I want to work there. You learn never to trust yeah, the you're feedback. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. They're uh, like, oh, worst candidate ever. No, I, I know. But I think from the from the perspective, going back to the question you asked, which yeah. was what could we be doing better as, as interviewers, whether you own your own company and, and you don't even, you know, you're not at a point where you even have an HR function. You're doing the interviews yourself as an owner, um, you know, or, or you do have an HR function and, and that person's in there. I think if we all came to the table with with a little bit more uh, uh, compassion and open open mind and open sure. heart to interview this person with the idea that i would i would like to see this go to the next step let's find reasons to let this go to the next step and that's going to make the candidate more comfortable communicating yeah. um, and sharing and giving you vision it might be that when they do that by the way you would then determine Oh, they're they're on a, a different track. They're yeah. not going to be the right candidate for us. But now at least I gave them a chance. Exactly. Well, recruiting that. is a sales process, right? So if you if you if you look at it from a sales training perspective, you always want to identify the pain per first, right? Mm -hmm. And then you want to be able to kind of find out the details on how you can heal that pain. That's right. But recruiting doesn't work that way a lot of times. Right. It's more about hey, look at we're the special company that you know nothing about or you might know something about us. And if you are lucky enough to make it through our process, then we'll hire you. Right. And the which problem is kind of the wrong way to look at absolutely. it. Absolutely. And you and I have, have, have definitely chatted about this a little bit too. And, and the problem with that is that it is a two way street. That's the name of this show, right? Today, yeah. interviewing is a two way street and, and you're, especially in the current market that we're in, I think we're at about a 2.8% unemployment, unemployment in Orange County. Yeah. I think maybe just under five, four, four and some change overall uh, nationally. Yeah. So we're now in a scenario where there are more opportunities than there are great qualified candidates to fill those opportunities. So yeah. when you're an interviewer, when you're hiring, you really need to understand that it isn't only about the candidate selling you on their background. It's about you selling the candidate as well. And if you don't do that, from the get-go and i and i've told this to candidates for years i teach it to everybody that i i train in my sales role if you don't bring your best game to the table initially there is no second opportunity to make that first impression no, and not at all and the candidate has choice especially our millennials these yeah. days they they are not having it if they're not if, if they're condescended to if they're not treated with respect they are not interested and they will not be interested and and an engagement starts from their first point of contact with the company. Absolutely. Which I say is the job description. I agree. You know, you, when, however they reach out to you, whatever they see, that's the first po point of engagement. And if you blow it there, 
you're going to blow it everywhere. I agree. Probably. I, I think that is such a great perspective. Most people think it starts in the conversation, the first reach out, but you're absolutely right. It absolutely starts with, with the, the job description. I spoke to somebody um, from a very, very large government company um, that we all know starts with an R. Um, <laughs> <laughs> recently, she's, she's a senior level engineer, and she was telling me that they are having one the, the most devastating time recruiting right now oh, it's yeah. because they have not they have not come into this current time they're they're not attracting candidates because oh, yeah. they haven't changed their job descriptions everything about that company is from you know back in the in the 1950s oh, and, God, yeah. and so nobody nobody's <clears throat> wanting to even interview there much less except the roles there or people are using it as interview practice exactly right so i i can get an interview at this place i'll get some practice and hopefully something else comes through absolutely so god that's that's a bad position to be in when you're the practice absolutely agree 100 percent. but then again a lot of times that that interview style that practice probably doesn't help you for this so the best advice i've ever get i always gave candidates and that i continue to always give anybody who calls me and says hey i've got an interview can you just help me a little bit coach me tell me what i should do Go into it wanting it more than you want your next breath. Put that foot forward, meaning meaning show them everything you've got. Put your best energy yeah. forward because if you don't, you might learn during the process that it is something you really want, but you you, you blew it to begin with. Yeah. And, and that was because you didn't put your best foot forward, and I would tell the same thing to hiring Yeah, I was going to say on the flip side, exactly. hiring managers and companies, exactly. hey, look, there is value to be gained from every interview that you have. Guess what? If that person's not a fit and you have a conversation with them and you both determine that it's not a fit, guess what you can ask for now? That's right. Referrals. <laughs> right? Absolutely. That's um, right. And and I think so many companies don't even think about that. No. I gain, I mean, we gain referrals from everybody that we have in the interview process. Absolutely. So I brought this great uh, little one <laughs> like sheet. Like Referrals. Referrals. <laughs> uh, I brought this great one sheet. So what it says is, I, I, I gear this towards salespeople, but it's really true of anybody who would need a referral, right? Yeah. So um, 80% of, first of all, 80% of all sales, whatever you want to refer to that as, um, are, are established in the 8th to 12th meeting. Some yeah. interviews don't go that long, but think about that, right? People, people are going to be sold and get comfortable after they've had more and more time to talk with you, chat with you. That, yeah. That's the, the touch phone call, the, you know, the, the warm calls. And that could be from recruiters or it could be from HR departments. But yeah, moreover, sometimes it takes, if you're reaching out to candidates, it takes seven to 10 points of contact before they even pick up the phone. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But only 11% of anybody who would find use in a referral, think about this. Only 11% of anybody who would find use in a referral is asking for one. So that includes HR people. That includes anybody like you just include salespeople. Then oh, too, absolutely right? includes salespeople. Yeah. So, um, but but when you think about you know human resources, you bring up such a great point. You can meet a candidate. You, could, you, you they're just not the right fit for whatever the reason is. But if you had great rapport with them and you both determined this probably isn't this the right thing for us. Yeah. You still have another another door yeah. to open, yeah. and and if you haven't behaved well, yeah, then if they're you've not treated them poorly, they're not gonna. Absolutely. Nobody's gonna refer that person yep. to you. Absolutely. And what's gonna end up happening is they're gonna go back home. They're gonna be upset, 
and and now you have social media now you have social media now you have every form out there of people expressing how displeased or or insulted or um you know i think glass door is kind of the worst for that because you can post anonymously and and (laughs) now as a company you kind of have to pay to get that taken off or you have to address it in some sort of way if you don't address it it's not a good thing no i agree Companies, address your bad Glassdoor reviews. Very important. Immediately. Talking to you. Immediately. <laughs> immediately. Yeah, immediately. And do it in a positive way. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. All right. So um, I think another area in which we, we fail is that we're not setting a timeline and we're not following up. Right? So um, I, we call it ghosting, right? Um so somebody goes to an interview, they invested four hours of their day with you. You decide, hey, this prob- this person's probably not a fit. Correct. Let them know. Right. <laughs> don't, don't just go away. It's it's totally inconsiderate. Well, it's inconsiderate because not only if they're if they're a quality candidate, not only do they invest the four hours with you, they very well may have taken time off from yeah. a job or, or something else that they're doing. They might have had to pay for coverage for family or, or something along those lines. To do the and they probably Parking, did some else. research. Yeah. They probably spent some time researching that company and, and learning about its industry if they were unfamiliar with it. So it's not even just the four hours. It's all the prep time and all of the yeah. other things that went into it. Um, so no, you know, you, you need to follow up. Follow up all yeah. day long. Follow well, up. In most of the industry that I recruit for, most people prep. But right. there are a lot of people that don't prep for interviews. They just kind of show up. Right. I've interviewed people that have come in for my company, and so I ask them, you know, what, what have you, you learned know? about? <laughs> what have you learned about my company? <laughs> well, I don't know. Right. You know. Right. So why am I talking to you? Exactly. Well, that's a whole other thing. So what I, that's another episode. (laughs) That's another, that's an entirely different episode. Prepping, prepping to be a, a, you know, a strong candidate. Yeah. Right. uh, That's something that I spend a lot of time with people on. Exactly. Absolutely. So what can, you know, what can companies do to protect their reputation, to make sure that they're treating people as they would want to be treated, right? It's really all about being human beings and being respectful to one another. And that is not to ghost, right? Just, follow up with somebody let them know that we appreciate your time but at this at this point we're taking we're, we're taking it in a different direction yeah um but thank yeah. you yeah but you know even when you release somebody you know the professional release of a, per, a candidate too doesn't really happen it's usually like just an email thank right. you we've decided to go right you can you know, i think that warrants a phone call too right because we're in the human business and you know, when you when you take all these, you know, just sending a form email saying that, hey, we're going to pass on you. Right. That's not cool. No, it's not. I think one of the biggest fears and you're you're better to address this these days because I haven't been in the staffing space uh, directly uh, in a while. But I think one of the biggest fears companies have is the litigation, is, is the litigation yeah. aspect. Right. So what can you say? What can't you say? And and so having having a verbal conversation about why a candidate didn't get an opportunity yeah. opens a door to to uh, potential but you know risk. what that helps but oh so you can let people know though in the interview process when you set it up if we decide it's going to be a pass then we'll just let you know and just so you know we can't provide any feedback to you because of legal reasons right so again preparation is a big piece of this right as long as you're preparing people for what's going to happen yep 
when you wrap up the interview, here's what's going to happen next. Right. We're going to gather. We're going to gather information. We're going to get our feedback. We'll follow up with you in the next day or so. You know, if you don't hear from me by the day after tomorrow at 4 p.m., just call me. Right. You know, just something to kind of set a timeline and make sure that you're 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 closing the loop. Well, again, we do that as recruiters, don't we? Yeah, our we candidates, do. our candidates call us. We let them know. Yeah. When you go out on an interview, I, I need to hear from you as soon as you step outside that door, because in case they call me right away, I want to know in advance of course. Feed, how you feel about it. call back to me. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we set that expectation up in advance. And what I always have said to candidates when I was working with them is sometimes there isn't a reason, a tangible reason that one person does versus doesn't get it and it's and i've always you're gonna laugh it's at this cultural fit. it's sometimes it's cultural but and you're absolutely right but i've always uh, equated it to dating i know it's a funny it's analogy not the chemistry. But it's about a chemistry thing yeah. it's not that there's anything there's nothing wrong with that person they're attractive they're they're smarter they're funny but sometimes it's just about a fit it, and if it's not the right fit or somebody even more importantly somebody else is just simply a better fit it, you yeah. can't always define what that is that's true. And, and I've always given candidates that explanation because I also think it's important for them to be able to be at peace with the, the conclusion that they weren't the right yeah. the right one. They didn't get the offer and, and, and they don't have to beat themselves up. They don't have to change anything about what they did. It's simply, it simply was a, a chemistry. match, yeah, a chemistry exactly. thing. So I've, I always have used that analogy to help people just get past it and be willing to take another interview and Absolutely. go on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is, it is time consuming. All right. So let's just, um, we're getting a get close to wrap up thing from Paul over there, our engineer. So what, what results, you know, when, when we treat people the way we, they need to be treated, right. And we run, what results are we actually getting that, that would benefit a company that they're not necessarily getting right now? I think that, that most importantly, that company's reputation, how they're known for street cred yeah. is, is going to be important because the candidate that you mistreated is going to have friends who are in the same field or in the same air industry. Yeah. They're going to say, hey, I applied I've to that company. I've had that company. happen to me. Right. Yeah. So I think street cred, if, yeah. we're, if we're summarizing here, is, a, is an important aspect. Um, and, and by all means, you pointed out the social media street cred is just as important, yeah. if not more important. So, and, you know, if you, if you give people the, just that two-minute phone call, yeah. right, now you have positive feedback. Absolutely. You and leave then, somebody feeling good. Yeah, you leave them feeling good, even right. though they didn't make it through. I agree. Um, Hey, the other thing they get is referrals if they ask for them, Absolutely. which a lot of people don't. Absolutely. And you might want to go back to somebody. And that's the other thing. You could interview a candidate that wasn't right for you. If you ended well and you built rapport with that candidate, now you have another opening that isn't for them, but you know they know people. You yeah. know they do. Yeah. You and I do this. I mean, we've done this all right for, yeah. as, as, for a living. You could go back to that candidate and say, hi, we talked, we spoke about an opportunity. It didn't work out. And I hope you're doing well. What are you up to? The reason I'm calling is that we are actually recruiting for a three-year level person right now. And we're looking for somebody who had similar industry background to you. Wondering if you know of anybody that you would be willing to recommend for this opportunity. You can make that call and have it be hugely successful yeah. if you bothered to build rapport and end things properly. With exactly. The 
So very, very true. So we're just about out of time for today's show. Deborah, thanks for your time investment today. It was a lot of fun. And I wanted to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, I'm sure that some of our listeners might be able to use your expertise. How do they reach you? Oh, absolutely. So thank you for asking. And of course, I don't have my card right in front of me. So now isn't that silly? But you can reach me at Deborah at CantorSales.com. That's spelled Deborah. D-E-B-O-R-A-H at Cantor, K-A-N-T-O-R, sales.com. Awesome. And I would love to hear from you. Okay. Um, is there any number that can reach you or do you have any events that uh, are coming up that you do speaking as well, right? I do. I, I, um, so I, I primarily coach in the, uh, staffing and real estate space, uh, both for candidates as well as recruiting companies who have teams that are are looking to take their, their, uh, sales and and production to the next level. And I do a lot of public speaking as well. A couple of events coming up. One is the OC largest mixer on the 29th i'll be there nice. um and then the oc ultimate women's expo on april 13th and 14th I'll, very good I'll well i'll have well. people come up and say hi yeah to you. yeah please do all right so i want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of higher power quick thanks to our team our engineer paul roberts our producers andrea ballon shanti ryle and kim iverson to listen to this show and any past episodes, you can check us out on Hire. That's H-I-R-E. We're not a religious show. Powerradio.com or Higher Power Radio on iTunes. Follow us on LinkedIn or Facebook at Higher Power Radio Show. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Rick Gerard one We have another great show lined up for you guys next week. Tune in Tuesday to find out. <laughs> that means we don't have them confirmed yet. So uh, until then, I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio.